0: To EHS On Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, editor in chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week I talked to Amy Rusa, founder and CEO of The Safety Rack, about the need for proper fitting PPE for women. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Amy Rusa, founder and CEO of The Safety Rack. Welcome to the show, Amy.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being here. Um, before we start talking about uh, Inclusive PPE, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, Sure, Jay. Uh, I've been in safety now for almost two decades. I've enjoyed that immensely. And during that time, I have founded the Midwest Women in Safety Conference. And two years ago, I founded the Safety Rack, which works to provide education and um, advocacy for women in trades and industry regarding the equity gap with PPE.
0: Awesome. Well, so sort of to jump in the discussion, um, are you seeing more women getting into safety? Uh, you know, certainly as you've, you know, moved along in your career, are, are you seeing, you know, sort of an increasing number of, of uh, female safety workers?
1: I think, yes, I'm seeing more of that out there. I know the ASSP published a report back in like 2018 or 2019 on women in the workplace, and they kind of touched on that. I think that number is growing. Um, the big thing that that number needs to grow with is you know, certifications and the CSP or the ASP. Whatever, whatever certifications are out there, we need to be supporting women getting those.
0: So where does the industry currently stand when it comes to women and PPE?
1: It's lacking. We definitely have a gap. Um, access and education are the two biggest pieces there access for women with their employers getting it and the employers being educated on where to get it um
0: so and and you know you formed the you started the safety rack to kind of help address some of these issues you know how are how are you sort of helping to make a difference in this area
1: well with a safety rack i started out with just and i guess i should back up when i founded the midwest women and safety conference That first year, the conversation of where's our PPE came up. And so I started researching it, started finding the information, just sharing it within my group. And it just slowly became a thing when you met somebody, they would say, go to Amy. She knows where to get it. And about two years ago, my husband's like, you need to do something. You have the platform. You have the voice. So the safety rack was born. It really comes down to I first started doing just product reviews, wearing it, talking about the brands that I was finding And now it's really morphed into needing to do more in terms of the advocacy work and the education, um, identifying the gaps across a lot of different industries. So not just construction and manufacturing, but military, aviation, um, medical industry. Um, The more I keep researching it, the more I keep finding the gaps and the more I keep thinking, wow, we really need to do something because this is a bigger problem than we realize. And it's affecting millions of women not just here in the United States, but globally as well.
0: And talk a little bit about just sort of, you know, what some of the risks are when, when your PPE doesn't fit properly.
1: Definitely you got a higher risk of injury. Um, you got some ergonomic issues, especially if there's added weight to the garments. I just had a conversation with a female fighter fighter who's, um in the training part and the gear she's wearing is men's gear. And so she's wearing something that's heavier on her to go through the training and it's not where it needs to be. So like the knee pad placement is on her shin instead of her knee. And she's got the garment going over her hips, which impedes her ability to bend and move. And then of course the length of the pants get under her shoes and she can slip and fall. And so those are just some of it. There's also the psychological safety part of that um feeling the feeling like you're not valued because you're just given what's off the shelf and told to deal with it. Um, not maybe having the confidence to speak up because you're you feel like your employer doesn't value you and you're spending all day focused on adjusting your PPE rather than focusing on the job you wanna do.
0: Um, so what what I guess needs to be done to kind of turn these turn this around? Is it just awareness, or is it kind of more than that?
1: I think it's a little bit more than that. We definitely need to fund more research on women's PPE, um, research in general on PPE, because we're not the the specs that they had 50 years ago that were out there. And I think the specs, if I go back and look, it was based off of a British male soldier that was like 6'2". None of us are 6'2 and built like a British shoulder back or Shoulder back in the day. Can't even say that. Um, you know, women are different sizes. Uh, the average size in the United States is a size 16 for female. And so that's one aspect. The biggest thing that I see is we need to close the gap with the education piece right now. And that is the distributors have an opportunity to make sure their salespeople are educated, have a conversation with the employer and ask how many females do you have here and say, you know, we have these product lines and they're only a dollar more. We can fit it into your budget. We can build it into your PPE program. And for the employer to also push back on the distributor and say, we need this stuff. So you're going to need to go find it. And if you can't find it, we're going to source it somewhere else.
0: Yeah. I mean, is the bigger problem with, the distributors right now than, than the employers? like, Or is it kind of, there's a lot of blame to go around for each?
1: Um, I hate using the word blame because mm-hmm. I think it's just been kind of unconscious that we just default to saying, well, there's unisex, there's nothing out there. In reality, right. there is, right? We all need to stay educated when it comes to safety. We're just not doing it. Um, I think there's more manufacturers out there. And I think that's an opportunity for distributors to get more manufacturers into their product line and then, again, promoting that piece. But the other part to that is the employer needs to be specifically going out and looking for it. The purchaser, the the safety person doing the risk assessments out there, and even the, the female population voicing that they don't have anything to be safe and they know the products out there. If they feel comfortable using their voice, they should feel empowered to use it and speak up or find that nearest ally that can do it for them.
0: Yeah, is there is there certainly the pressure for some women to not speak up just because, you know, it's a male dominated company and they don't want to necessarily rock the boat. They just want to kind of keep going. Is it, you know, is that something that's, you know, people are kind of have to fight against?
1: I think it depends. Like early in my career, I definitely did not want to rock the boat. Right. So being in the safety realm, I was very fortunate to get into my career the way I did. I was getting a better salary than I had ever gotten in my life. I did not want to disrupt that status quo. Mm -hmm. But at some point, you got to say "I, I have to. And it really was the environments I was in. If I wasn't in a strong environment that was willing to listen to my voice, I didn't feel like I could speak up. Now I'm in an environment with my current employer where I feel very strong to speak up about the issues that I see, and I know I'm supported. So I think it really is based on the individual and what they feel that they can do and can't do.
0: And obviously, you know, for like you said, some employers, it's it's not it's a matter of them not even realizing that there's different kinds of PPE available and just sort of assuming that everything's unisex or you know, just sort of saying, this has always worked for us. We're just going to stick with it.
1: Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like when we had that first conference for the the women in safety, I realized I was just as complacent as everybody else because I was defaulting to the same stereotypes and myths that I'd been hearing. Oh, we can't get it. This is what we have just deal with it. And I had to find a better solution, right? Because we're safety professionals. We're tasked with pre- protecting everybody, including women with PPE. And so it's been a neat educational experience. Um, Definitely some good conversations with employers out there who just didn't know, like, it's not, it's not like you go into work and you think, oh, PPE is going to be the priority topic for the next day or week or month. You know, we got other priorities. We got delays on construction projects, people being injured with lockout tagout or labor shortages. So you don't think that PPE is like the thing that we need to solve right now or focus on. It's, we look at all of it in the grand scheme of things, it's a very small piece, but it's also a very big impact if we can get it right and get it closed.
0: And obviously PPE is very important if you're going, you know, if you're working with dangerous materials or, you know, like if you're a firefighter, then obviously PPE is huge. Um, is it just? Are you, how would you, I guess, encourage um, you know women in the workplace who are you know are suffering from having, you know, having to wear ill-fitting PPE? How would you sort of encourage them to make their voices known and to sort of raise awareness about the issue?
1: I think if they can speak up, speak up at your safety committee meeting, speak up at your DNI meeting, um, speak to your direct supervisor or your CEO the next time you see him walking through. And if you don't feel comfortable, then find an ally. Um, we know from the data that allies are able to get more movement on certain projects than the actual person, which is always baffling to me. But, hey, it's out there. And if you can use an ally and have somebody help voice the concern, I think that's a bigger, bigger win for you.
0: Yeah, and um Talk a little bit about if you're starting up a a global hashtag campaign next year uh, around this issue.
1: Um, I am working on something. I don't want to give all the details away, but we will be partnering with um, distributors, manufacturers, non-for-profit organizations out there, and even some influencers to bring more awareness to the issue by using uh, a hashtag that we're working on. And it's just to create more awareness, right? We're so siloed in the little, little areas that we're at that, you know, I'm on LinkedIn talking about this issue, or I'll see an influencer talking about the PPE issue, but we all haven't really merged to be loud all at once. And I think if we can be loud all at once, then it kind of creates more awareness like, oh yeah, maybe we should go look at our PPE program or distributor going, maybe we need to do more sales training and look at how we can close the gap on end. And manufacturers going, maybe we need to look at more product development and in the fr sector so i am really excited about it i don't want to give it all away i'm sure Mm -hmm. we'll do another podcast when the time comes for it but uh look for it to drop um early next year on the safety rack on the instagram and on my linkedin but right now i'm working with another organization to partner with them so that we can really join forces and make it a meaningful campaign and tie it in with a few other initiatives
0: excellent Um, So I imagine you're going to a fair amount of conferences and and expos and, you know, as you walk around the exhibition hall, are you seeing more kind of diverse kinds of PPE or are you encouraged by that or are you still kind of seeing the same old stuff?
1: I'm seeing the same old stuff. Unless I see one of like the female manufacturers there, Um, I might see a big manufacturer have one mannequin and it's tucked away in the corner and I'm like, put that out, put it out front, let everybody (laughs) see it. Bring awareness to it. Like, yes, you have it and you should display it, but it should be, you know, out in front because people are going to walk by it and it'll stand out to them and then they'll make the connection. Oh, you know, this brand actually makes women's FR coveralls or makes a hard hat that's a little bit smaller that might fit my female population or work boots that, you know, are size five because that's hard for women to find.
0: What's it going to take uh, on the manufacturing end for things to change? Uh, I mean, I, I guess money talks, but, um, you know, if they're not even kind of, you know, making stuff uh, available or, or prominent, it's hard to sell a lot of it. So,
1: There's a lot of it more available. I think where I see some manufacturers struggle is with getting it to the distributor, to the employer, um, some do sell direct to women, but then, you know, women are buying it out of pocket and it really needs to come from the employer. And it's just another example of the pink tax uh, working against women out there. I I think they're trying. I think they just need more
0: support. Um, are you hopeful that, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the line, things will be a lot better or is it going to be a kind of a slow progress uh, as we move along.
1: I think a lot about that. And I think I just did a post on that not long ago where I was just kind of thinking about it. It, I think we've come a long way in five years, but I also know that to make any change, it takes time. It takes awareness. It's not going to happen overnight. I think in 10 to 15 years, we can make a lot of progress, uh, both here in the United States and globally, But a lot of that comes down to regulations needing to be changed, employers feeling empowered to make those changes, women feeling empowered to speak up in the workplace. And those are all different silos that, you know, don't get together that much to have those conversations. So I think that's what's going to cause it to take a little bit longer and trickle down. But as long as we keep Voicing it and having these conversations consistently, at least it's there on the forefront of people's minds.
0: Uh, speaking of globally, like how, are things pretty similar, you know, uh, you know, across the world in, in terms of PPE, uh, like in Europe?
1: Yeah, um, I speak to some really awesome women over in the UK who are really struggling with that. Um, The manufacturers and the access is coming around and they're doing a really good job of promoting those brands. And a lot of it's been brands that have been developed by women who have just gotten frustrated, like in the mining industry, and started just developing their own stuff to close that gap. So I see these really great initiatives that are being very assertive over there, and I love it. So they're they're probably around where we're at. We just might have a few more extra manufacturers here in the United Mm -hmm.
0: States. Yeah, well, Amy, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me and kind of talk a little bit about this and hopefully uh, things will improve and I'll, we'll have you back on when you, uh, you get the uh, hashtag campaign going.
1: Thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate it.
0: All right. That wraps up episode 186 of VHS On Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening and I hope to join me next time. We'll